Welcome to the Solution Focus School's Unlimited Podcast Series. My name is Linda Metcalf, and I'm the author of Counseling Toward Solutions, the first book written to take the solution-focused approach into the classroom for all students, kindergarten through 12th grade. Written in 1995, it was the first book ever written to apply the solution-focused approach to the school setting. You can look at that book on Amazon.com. This podcast today will start a little differently as I want to share some things with those of you who are administrators that may help your days go better and hopefully the days of your students. But beware, this solution-focused approach that will be described here may, to some of you, seem to be a softer approach to discipline and consequences from mishaps that students create. I understand that. I also understand that you have policies, as do your school districts. Those policies are designed and implemented to keep kids safe and help kids behave in a way that encourages success. But that said, let's look also at what we are all in education to do. To help rear up healthy, successful students who respect their peers and adults enough to behave in ways that create communities where safety and learning is top priority. The Department of Education reported in the 2015-2016 school year that 2.7 million kindergarten through 12th grade students were suspended at least once in that school year. That's the latest data available. While we need our schools to be safe, what happens to those students when we reject and suspend them? Do they come back ready to learn and ready to please? When I was a middle school teacher and school counselor, that's not what I noticed. I noticed students coming back angry, defensive, and so were we. So let's talk about a new approach. And to do that, let's talk about a man named Maslow. Maybe you heard of him when you took a lifespan class during your graduate school work. He developed something called a hierarchy of needs. You can Google him for details. In his hierarchy, the bottom part and layer of his hierarchy is about physiological and safety needs. We do that in schools today. We want our children to have resources, We feed them if necessary. We give them resources for their families. We make sure we're trying our best to keep them safe. Above those two needs is one that is about love and belonging. Yes, love and belonging. When a student has that need met too, they move into self-esteem and self-actualization. That's what social-emotional learning is all about. Yet, When we suspend or expel them, we don't help kids get those needs met. Yes, they need to be consequenced when disruptive, but what this podcast is now going to address are two things. A new approach to what to do when students misbehave or break policy to avoid suspension, and then second, integrating them back into school afterwards if they are suspended so the chances of repeating the same problem occurs less. Number one is about avoiding suspension. I want to tell you about an administrator I met in Singapore several years ago when I was asked to speak to Singaporean educators. He was referred to as a discipline master. Goodness, just the sound of his title is kind of scary. 
At my second visit to his city, he was in the audience as I presented some solution-focused ideas to teachers and other administrators. He apparently saw several people looking a little bit crazed at some of the ideas I was presenting, and so he raised his hand to speak. Keep in mind now that in Singapore at that time, caning students physically was a typical punishment. And actually, that's why I was asked to come, because they wanted some new ideas. He said to everyone as he stood up, You know, guys, the first time I heard Linda talk, I too was taken back at this being a soft approach. But then I tried it, and I want to share with you what happened. Two students in the ninth year class at my school were sent to me one day for fighting. Now, I knew that the two students had been friends for a very long time. Usually, I would have given them a punishment for fighting. But on that day, I told them that their fighting was the first I had seen them do all school year, and we were about six months into the school year. I said, I know you've been friends for a long time, and there were no fights for six months. Yesterday, though, it looks like you forgot to be the friends you have been. And by the way, how have you been friends for so long and, and not fought? They looked at me oddly because they had expected quite a punishment. And they did not have much to say. They did, however, look up and smile at each other, as kids will often do. I then told them that I was going to send them back to class and ask them to think about what kept them being friends for all this time. I then wondered to myself how quickly I would see them again. But it's been a month, and I have not seen them since, except being friends and getting along. In a school district, using the solution-focused approach that I helped to train, the principal routinely sends students who have mishaps, misbehaviors, problems with teachers, disrespect, to the school counselor after talking with the student and encouraging the student to get back on track. The school counselor then sees the student three times using the solution-focused approach that helps the student to refocus on times when they did not get in trouble. She or he also works with the student to create a preferred future or a, a goal, you might say, where they are not in trouble, focusing on what the student might need to do and others might need to see the student do when they are becoming more successful. There is no problem talk. There is no talk about what the student did before. Teachers are then informed that the counselor is seeing the student and that the student is trying out new ways of getting back on track. Perhaps the school counselor and the student may actually walk back to the classes and let the teachers know, or they may write an email where the counselor and the student sign the email. The teachers are then asked to watch what the students do and comment on their efforts if they have time. The school has decreased suspensions and expulsions consistently since implementing this approach. Number two, let's talk about what happens when kids return to school when they have had to be suspended or maybe sent to alternative school. When they return to a school that's using a solution-focused approach, the school counselor and administrator greet the student, welcoming the student back with the hope that things will go better for them. There are no warnings. There are no threats. They talk with the student instead and ask the student again how they want things to be as they re-enter the home campus. This is also helpful, especially when they are in alternative school. The student is asked specifically what he or she will do 
The teachers and they, administrators, for example, will notice as the student tries to get back on track. The conversation can take about 20 minutes, and it's not unusual for students to say, I don't know, or say, I will just stay out of trouble. But don't let them off the hook that easy. That's not enough. They need to be asked more. So, okay, so what will I see you doing that will tell me you are staying out of trouble? What will your teachers see you do? What else will they see you do? What difference will it make for your parents when you're staying out of trouble? What will your peers see you do? Etc. Lots of information. And the more that they ask what else and who else will see things, the more the dialogue continues and students begin to talk about their own solutions. And here's something I really recommend in accordance with our friend Maslow. As part of the re-entry for a student who comes back from maybe alternative school or being suspended, engage all teachers for maybe a 10-minute meeting and do what I call reintroduce the student to the teachers as a student who's wanting to stay on track. And then just ask teachers to watch for the things that the student is going to try and do better. And here's something else. One more thing. Since Maslow talked about the idea that when we feel part of a system where we are being self-actualized and we're feeling loved and belonging, we do better. So why not invite the student to enjoy a club or a group in the school doing something to contribute to the school community for at least six weeks and to feel engaged? Maybe they could help a teacher at lunchtime or get involved in the school project or run errands for the front desk secretary during a certain part of their study hall. Something that says, I belong here. I'm contributing. It's amazing to me to see what happens when kids begin to feel that the adults in their school really want them to succeed and do that by showing them they want them there with them. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, this episode is a little different from the others. I wanted to make it so that those of you who are in such an important position in your schools as an administrator, to have a chance to learn these ideas and try them out. Just, just try them out as an experiment. My wish is not just for the students, but it's for you. The levels of stress in schools today that you must endure are over the top. And here's the thing. When you are less stressed and you have time to maybe stand in the hallways occasionally and greet students, which I know many of you do, students begin to see another side of you. My wish for you also is as you try out some of these ideas, when you don't see the same student in your office for trouble, that you go find them. Go to their class, knock on the door, ask to talk to the student outside for about two minutes, and just say, you know, I just wanted you to know that I noticed you haven't been to see me much. I am so impressed with you. I'm so happy to have you here at our school. I hope the rest of the day goes well. Doing something like that can cause an amazing shift in the way the students who are in trouble a lot see you, see their community as a school, and respond to you. The solution-focused approach is based on many theories, and many of the episodes in this podcast series can help you understand them. So I hope you'll take a listen to them when you have a few minutes. 
This podcast focused on one of the fundamental constructs that if it works, do more of it. If not, do something different. Our students who are expelled or suspended are in need of something different. I invite you to think about these ideas so that not only will your students begin to get their needs met, so will you. These ideas are many more are available through professional development programs that I have done for over 25 years. If you're interested in these ideas for your school district or your school, email me at lmetcalf62 at gmail.com for more information. And again, check out Counseling Toward Solutions. A link to the book on Amazon is included in the episode description. Have an exceptional week. Thank you.